I want to talk to you this morning about something I don't preach on very often, but I am this morning. It's a pretty popular topic. It's rest. And how many know that rest is powerful? How many know lack of rest is powerful in a bad way? <laughs> um, I got a new Bible, and it keeps wanting to close itself. Stay. We're in a culture that likes to get things done faster, bigger, any way we can do it quicker, it's popular. But the kingdom has this model that you operate from a place of rest, which can, if we don't understand it properly, it can look like it contradicts itself at times, but it doesn't. We just don't always understand it. But rest is big. And last week I talked to you about revelation, and this week I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about how being in a place of rest actually releases a tremendous amount of revelation in our life. So if you have your Bible, open up to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Hey, AJ, could I get that water right there? Yeah, that's fine. Thanks. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. I'm going to read quite a few verses here, so. Hebrews 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who bathed. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. I like that verse. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter the rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. Everybody say today. That's an important word. This he did when, a long time ago, later, he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Verse 8. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for God's people. I'm going to read that again. There remains then a Sabbath rest for God's people. What day? Today. Today's important. Tomorrow it's still today in this context. The next day is still today. Some of you are like, oh. <laughs> just hang on. <laughs> I'll get you there. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Last verse. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. All right, stop there. This is kind of a weird verse, actually, to kind of follow through. But one of the things that it says is that it actually takes effort to rest. 
it takes a lot of work to get into rest. But notice something it didn't say. It didn't say it takes work to keep resting. It said it takes work to get into rest. The Bible talks about rest from all different perspectives. The Bible talks about rest from literally resting, like just taking a break and resting. But then there's passages like this that are actually talking about something a lot bigger than just a nap. It's actually talking about a lifestyle of rest. But you have to understand what you're resting in to, to get it. Because you, how many know you just can't go around and sleep every day? If you don't know that, that will... Never mind. <laughs> I got a lot of jokes, but I'm going to leave them put away. <laughs> so verse 11, he, he said this. I'm going to read it again. He said, Let us therefore make every effort to enter the rest so that no one will perish. We work to enter rest, but we don't have to work once we get into rest. What's the rest that Paul's writing about here? He's not talking about taking a nap. Now, we're going to get to some scriptures about that, because how many know those are powerful too? <laughs> Paul is saying that you can actually rest in your identity in Christ and stop trying to work for something that you already have talked about this the past two weeks in a row, Eve was convinced that to be like her dad, she had to do something. And when that happened, everything went south because striving was introduced and something that Eve had already been given, now she felt like she had to earn it or she had to figure out a way to get it. Paul is saying here, there is a place in your salvation that you can actually come into Christ so confidently that if you work hard enough at it, you can actually come into a place where you rest in knowing who you are in him and you're good. I want to get, I really want to just kind of break this apart because I believe that he's inviting us into this place of resting in our identity. How many of you know that before you came to the Lord, it was pretty easy to rest in who you were? I was just not a cool person. That's who I was. I didn't have to try that hard to be that person. Just kind of came naturally. And Paul is saying that when something happened and this transition was made and this transaction was made, and then all of a sudden, now you have this new identity, you have this, everything has changed. And he's saying, if you take a little bit of effort, you can enter into a place of resting in him, that you can rest in knowing who you are. Have you ever heard someone make the statement that, well, you can rest in the fact that, something. You can rest in the fact that you're a child of God. You can rest in the fact that you've been given every spiritual blessing. You can rest in the fact that he'll never leave you or forsake you. You can rest in the fact that he's got your back. This is a really easy sermon to amen this morning because this is all about rest and God's got it. He's inviting you into a place that you can rest in knowing that. You can stop worrying about working to attain something and begin learning, I can rest in knowing that I'm his and he is mine. And Paul's, when, when did Paul said, 
when's this rest today? Great answer. When do I rest today? Ask him again tomorrow. When do I rest today? Next week, when do I rest today? You see, things changed when we stepped into this new place with the Lord and we can live in a lifestyle of resting in him. It'll wear you out if you live a lifestyle of striving to be something he already gave you. It'll wear out your prayer life if you're praying for things that God already gave you. Matter of fact, there's passages that say that joy comes through answered prayers. If you're praying for something that you've already been given and you're constantly contending for it instead of recognizing I've already got it, God's given this to me, the kingdom of God is now. See, he started teaching me to pray differently. I'd pray things that would be like, there are powerful passages that I read throughout the scripture, but they were passages before Christ came, died on the cross and said, now everything I've got is yours. You can do greater things. But we'll pray passages that were before that happened. Am I going too far for you this morning? And so we pray things like, Lord, rend the heavens. But he already did that. And I haven't found a scripture that said he put them back together yet. If I remember correct, when he came and Jesus was baptized, what happened? The heavens were ripped open. Now here you are under an open heaven saying, Lord, open the heavens. And he's saying, I already did everything I'm going to do about that. But Lord, open the heavens. But they're already open. But see, when we know that there's an open heaven, when we understand that he said, you can do all things through Christ, right? When we understand that, what happens? You can rest in that. You don't feel like you have to convince God to do something because he said, I've already taken care of it. God ceased from his works and those who join him also get to cease from their works, the scripture said. Paul said, rest. He said, yeah, it might take a little while, but rest. I want to I look at, let's, let's take it way back. Let's look at a few different passages about rest that'll show us some cool things. Let's go back to the very beginning. Genesis 1, verse 28. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in the number and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the ground. How many know that God just gave Adam his to do? So here's God. And here he is. He creates Adam and he says, do this, 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 this. It's his honey to-do list. And he's like, get this done, this done, this done, this done, this done. But the very next thing we're going to do is I'm going to show you how to rest. 
The very next thing that God did, he created man on the sixth day, and the next thing he did is he said, the first revelation that I want you to have of me is that I rest. Why did God rest? He wasn't worn out. I know if, if you heard that growing up and like, well, he, you created the world. He's God. <laughs> he created the world. <laughs> he wasn't like... Whew, six days of work. Let's take a break. He said, no, I just created man in my own image. The first thing that I need him to understand is that we rest. The first revelation that Adam had of his father was that me and him can rest together. You'll see this pattern all throughout the word, continually. The moment that someone had an encounter and came into relationship with Christ, there was then rest. There was constantly of enter in and then rest. God wasn't worn out. As a matter of fact, it says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, the description of God, it says, he is never diminished. He doesn't wear out. He didn't get through the stars and then say, that one took it out of me. <sighs> he doesn't diminish. It's said in Genesis, he's almighty. He's always mighty. He's always mighty. He's almighty. But yet he rested. Why? Because he was showing you that rest was more than just an absence of being tired. It was a place you entered into where strength comes from, but it's not just an absence of being tired. It's a presence of him being with you. It's not just about taking vacation. Vacations are great. Some of you may need one. Take them. Take a day off. Thank you. You're not even 20. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. God was saying, come into a place with me of rest. I want you to understand what this relationship is actually about. The point was that the seventh day was to give a revelation to man that it should always begin from rest. Maybe we should change our thinking that we don't work for something then rest from it. We rest and work from rest. I'm trying to correct our thinking because our thinking is just work ourselves and then oh, rest. But what if it was rest and work from that place? Look at it from a different perspective. Let's think about Noah. Think about Noah's ark. It was actually, it was a picture of many things, but it was also a picture of rest. After the storm had calmed down, what did he do? He sends a dove out to find a place to rest. And if it came back with a twig or if it, if it didn't come back, they would assume there's a place of rest. Because at that point, the ark was the only place of rest. 
I want you to see these pictures in the Old Testament that we're pointing forward. So here they are. They're in this storm, the, the biggest storm by far probably the world's ever seen because it kind of cleared the map. And here they are being tossed and thrown about, and it is a place, it is a picture of being in a place of rest. Jesus demonstrates it again. Remember when he was with the disciples and he's in the bottom of the boat? It's my favorite. One of my absolute favorite passages. They are freaking out. Jesus is sleeping. I had a friend like this that could sleep through anything. Remember Stefan? He, he almost fell asleep on the back of my dad's motorcycle one time on a Harley and almost fell off the motorcycle. He was just start leaning in. It's like, how do you sleep through that stuff? We go to the loudest concerts, and you look over, and he's like, you're sleeping? Here's, God. Here's Jesus. He's in the bottom of the boat. They're just, ah! Look at him. Where's Jesus? And can you imagine they send one of them down? He's, he's asleep. He's sleeping. No, 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 no. We're dying. I'm telling you, I just saw him. He was snoring. He's asleep. Wake him up. So Jesus, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you care about us? You think that Jesus didn't have a purpose to being asleep in that boat? Teaching them that I won't always remove the storm from your life. Maybe sometimes I'll teach you how to sleep through it. Maybe sometimes he's just trying to teach you how to rest in it. Because the reality is, is if he just takes it out of your life, he never gives you the opportunity to exercise authority. He could remove all of them. But then how are you going to grow in authority and speak to the storm? And I love what Bill Vanderbush says. He says, you'll never have authority in something that you can't sleep through. You ever notice, and, I, and this has become a staple. For, there's little roadmaps I have in life when I handle situations. One of them is if something's taking my sleep away and I can't get rest over it, I typically don't deal with it until I have rest over it. Because if I do, I'll go into a meeting and I'll say something I shouldn't have said. I know you don't do that. But I will go in and say something and be like, oh, if I would have waited. It's the moment that I can lay down, I can put my head on my pillow and I can go to sleep and I'm good. I have authority over this now. When I lay there and I toss and I turn and I'm da, 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 and I can't sleep and I wake up and I have, that's not the time to take this thing on. I need to get into a place of rest. And when I have rest, I have authority. And when I have authority, I can speak to it and say stop. It says in Exodus, let's flip over a couple. It says in Exodus verse 33, chapter 33, verse 12, it says this. This is an interesting passage. So we've talked about Noah. Let's talk about Moses. Moses said to the Lord, he said, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom, will, whom you will send with me. And you have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Okay, stop there a second. Here's Moses. He says this interesting thing to the Lord. He says, all right, I know you're telling me what to do, but I need to know two things. 
who's going with me, right? And I need you to teach me your ways. Listen to the Lord's response. My presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. Who will go with me? My presence. Show me your ways. Rest. Moses is saying, he was even pulling the, I'm reminding you, Lord, these are your people. He was getting to the bottom of the barrel, that prayer. It's like, listen, if it were a pastor, he'd be like, now remember, God, you gave me this church. These are your people. Moses was like down to the bottom of the barrel, like, all right, God, this is your nation. Just reminding you. So whatever happens here, it's going back on you. So it would help me if you tell me two things. One, who am I taking? And two, it'd be great to know your ways. God says, you'll take my presence my ways are rest. Whoa. Just like with Adam, this was one of the first revelations that Moses had of God, and what was it? Rest. Adam's first revelation of God was rest. So here's the big question. What fights rest? I would propose to you that a lot of believers don't live in a place of rest because they don't value themselves enough. You, people you meet that are really worn out, they have a low value of themselves typically. Because the reality is, is how we care for something is determined by how much we value something. If you have a china cabinet with china in it, it's because probably you care about that china. You don't take your paper plates and put them up tilted, <laughs> your chinette and your red solo cups, and maybe if you're fancy, your thick, clear forks. <laughs> I don't know if I hate the cheap forks when you bend down, they're like, chink, they're... I just, at church picnics, we need to make sure we don't do that. You just keep four of them. It's like, chink. You don't do that. Why? Because the, what you, I mean, how much you value something is how well you take care of it. I, uh, I got to get a new truck this year, which was like, I've wanted a truck forever. And I have a lot of value for my truck. I love my truck. It's great. Because of that, I take a lot of care of it. I take, I do. And it's a lot of work when you have three kids going behind you and trying to destroy what you care about. <laughs> like, pick that up. Take that out. Get it out. <laughs> like, I don't think he's in here. Like, the third night I had my truck, my son left the back door open through a rainstorm. <laughs> but, hold on, hold on. Somebody listen to Holy Spirit <laughs> And I felt like I immediately needed to get these big rubber floor mats. And the back floor one is this huge rubber mat that's like a big, almost like the whole back floor has a mat. So all of the rain just puddled up on the floor mat. It never got into my carpet, stayed dry. So that's those moments you're like, Holy Spirit, you got my back. 
but I, I care about my truck. I, I really do. And so I, I've, I, I have a value for it. So what do I do? I clean it. I take care of it. I, cut, I try to keep junk out of it. People that have very little value for themselves tend to not be too worried about a message about rest. You're, we get really into it when I preach on power, fire, blessing. Some of you are like, come on, come on. I can't, you know, it's like, you, but I'll rest. Oh, that's, that's, that's cute. <laughs> that's good. Huh? Put the notepad under the seat this week. That's good. But guess what? You want to know where fire comes from? Rest. You want to know where power comes from? Rest. You want to know where walking out your blessings comes from? Rest. You take out the main ingredient, and you're left with wanting power and wanting fire and wanting all of these things because you've taken out the place where you find them. It's in rest. It's so important that we get this. God, here's what I would do. If you can't have a value for yourself, ask God how he sees you. And give yourself the value that he tells you. Because I don't think that he traded his son out for a worthless person. I don't think he set up a bride that's worthless, dirt, poor, broke, messed up for his son. I mean, he's a good father. He didn't trade the most precious commodity in heaven for a worthless human being. God invested his son's life into you and me. Chew on that. He, think about it from an investment purpose. He invested his son into you. His son died, but his son came back to life. So he got his original investment back. And you and I, though, are his return. You're the return for his investment. I want to... I want to put that reality on us. It's not a burden. It's a reality that we are the return for the investment that God made. I want to be a good return. How do I do that? I have to see myself how he sees me because I can't operate. I can't be a good investment. I can't be a good return if I don't see how he sees me. You really think that God's just going to let anyone marry his son? He didn't set his son up for a worthless, broken individual. He set him up with the best, which is you. just felt like his presence blow through this room. 
He's very particular about who his kid marries. And he picked you. debating where all I'm going to go here. In Psalm 23, verse 5, you don't have to go there. You know this, but he said that I'll make a table for you in the midst of your enemies. He didn't promise to take away your enemies. Sometimes he wants you to learn how to just dine in the middle of it. Sometimes he wants you to learn just to rest in knowing your identity and just sit down and eat. (laughs) Being at rest, guys, is so much larger than a nap or simply sleeping. There's another passage. I I forgot to write it down, but. The disciples were out doing ministry. I think it's in Matthew 11 somewhere. I I can't remember where. The disciples were out doing ministry, and I mean, stuff was happening. Big stuff. You know, the stuff they've been waiting on is happening. And they come to Jesus, and they're excited. They're telling him about all these things that are happening, right? And, and. This is happening, this is happening. But we're so tired, we haven't even gotten a chance to eat. Jesus didn't send for takeout, which is what most itinerant ministers would do. He didn't send out for takeout and said, let's just keep doing the work of the Lord, guys. No time to slow down. That's a lie. Because he proved otherwise. He said, as important as it is what you're doing, We're going to take a break, and we're all going to go rest. And in the middle of the early church outpouring, Jesus said, take a break, let's rest. You with me still? See if I actually have that passage. No, I don't think I have it. But this is a good one. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you. Take my yoke and learn from me, and I will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want us to do this. Here's what we're going to do. This is, I want us to take a step into entering into this rest. Um, this is a different type of ending, um, but that's where we need to go. Sometimes if you just quiet yourself and you can just hear him say, Holy Spirit, Father, Jesus, I need you right now to show me the value that I carry. 
He'll, he'll show you. So here's what we're going to do. I've, I've had them pull up a couple songs specifically, but for the first song, we're just going to quiet ourselves. It's, about, it's like four minutes long, okay? And we're not going to rush. I actually got through this pretty quick. And we're going to stay right. If you want to sit, I don't care if you lay on the floor, you, whatever. Let's, um, let's play that, though. Rachel, do you have that? And I just want us to enter into a place of rest and hearing the Holy Spirit.
Let's just stay right here. I've talked about a couple different types of rest. There's the rest in Hebrews that was talking about entering in to a lifestyle of rest. Entering into a place of resting in your identity. When? Today. And tomorrow. And the next day. You don't have to strive. You don't have to, those of you that have, that have felt that you needed to reach something. Paul was saying, listen, once you've come into relationship with him, today rest. Today rest. You can feel the peace of the Lord in this room. I release identity over everyone here that you would be able to rest in this place. You'd be able to rest every day and say, I'm good. I'm good in him. He's in me. We're good. And religion that has tried to put so many, that has made you feel at times that Maybe you've even heard sermons that, you know, if you mess up, you know, you're just waiting to be thrown out. <laughs> Almost painting a picture of God as if he's just waiting to kick you out of the family. That's not what Paul is talking about. He said, once you're in the family, you can rest. Because it's a great family. And you're here. Religion would tell you otherwise, but identity says that I've got everything in him. I can rest in that. Some of you, some of you, the Lord may be speaking to your heart about resting in more of a just a, the physical nature of rest, how God demonstrated to Adam. He said, first thing we're going to do is rest. We've we got a lot of work to do ahead of us, but we need to rest. I want you to know me for rest. He told Moses, he said, my ways are rest. Some of you, the Lord is showing you, you need to rest. You need to make rest priority. It's not just a thought, it's a kingdom principle of rest. Thanks, Jesus. I pray for every mindset that thinks that has got all these ideas. <laughs> That I'm not worth this, I'm not valued, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this or that. You would see that God only picks the best for his son. And that he, you would see the value that he sees on you. And it's from that place that you find the fulfillment that you're looking for. If you can stand up, let's stand up. If you're 
kind of where you want to be, you can stay. He really is that good. I love that passage from Moses, with Moses. He said, who'll go with me and what's your ways? He said, I'll go with you. And I'm rest. He set it up in your favor. He's that good. If you need, if you, if you have felt a battle for your rest from a physical perspective, um, you've not been able to sleep. Um, let me back it up one second before I go there. When I prepared to preach for this, I had a, a really, um, I won't go into all the details, but I had a really disturbing dream, and I knew it was something about an attack on me. And it had to do with these bats and, you know, like the flying bats, and, and they're swarming me, and, and like it was just, ugh. And I got, when I woke up, I, I, I I didn't remember much, but I sent it to one of the people on my team that uh, is really good at dream interpretation. And I said, what do you feel about this? And, and she said, this is just a, there's, there's an assignment against you. Don't worry. It just tells us how to pray, yada, 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 you know. It's just God. How many know dreams like those are God saying, I care about you enough to let you know I've got this? Not for us to say, oh, my gosh. If fear comes in, God's not there. <laughs> and so, um, and so, but here I am, I was in my office, and I was preparing on this message about rest, and I not really preached on mess, rest a lot before, and I was a little, like, should I do it? And I had this dream the night before, and, and Tiffany, out of, well, not out of nowhere, Tiffany's really prophetic, she, she texts me and says, I feel really directly that the Lord wants you to know that this attack is on rest. Bats are nocturnal, They're, they go after things at night. And she said, the Lord just wants us to know it's actually going after rest. I had literally just closed my, my Bible from preparing this on rest. She wasn't with me. I was at the office. And I felt like God was directly saying, we need to be in a place of rest. And he was giving us, uh, saying, I got this. But if you've been attacked in the area of rest, and I do feel like there's an actual attack that can happen on rest. If that's you, just, just put your hand up right where you're at, and we're going to pray for you. Look around and just put your hand on somebody around you that has their hand up, and it's real easy. We're just going to be the church, and just pray this. Pray, Lord, I release your ways over them. His ways are rest, so just begin to say, Father, we release your ways over them. It's real important that you pray that. Lord, I release your ways over them. I release your ways. I release your burden, which is light. I release your burden, which is light. And I speak rest. Whatever has been attacking or challenging rest, we silence it right now in Jesus' name. We silence that. Some of you, I feel like there's some people in here that maybe even you fall asleep, but you don't ever get into the place of sleep you need to get into. I don't remember what that's called. 
yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of you, that's you. you. You fall asleep, but you never get where you need to get. We release not just sleep over you, but again, we release rest over you. Some of you are sleeping, but you're not resting. You wake up feeling exhausted. But right now, I release rest. Rest in Jesus' name. I speak to sleep apnea for those of you that deal with that. And we release healing over you right now. That would correct everything that would hinder you from getting rest. In Jesus' name. Heal it. Heal it right now. All right, last thing. Let's do this. This will be different. Take your hands. Just put them right here. Just, just as a prophetic deal. If you don't know what it is, it's okay. And just say this. Lord, I want to see myself as you see me. Place your thoughts in my mind. Whoa. Yeah. There you go. Now what does he see? What does he say? Rest in that. Rest in that. Rest in that. Amen.